What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the very first episode of Live from KACL. This is a podcast dedicated to the brilliant sitcom that we know as Frasier. My name is Rohan Naranjan, and I'm joined by two of my very good friends, Pranala Parmeshwaran and Felix Gao. What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? What's up, guys? Yeah, so um, it's a little bit of an interesting scenario here. Me and Pranala have both watched Frasier multiple times. We're big fans of the show, but Felix has actually never seen the show. So you're going to get a little bit of both perspectives with two guys who have seen it many times and love the show and someone who hasn't seen it at all. So it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, but before we dive into the first episode um, of season one, The Good Son, I thought it would be good to you know just do a little intro, talk about what Frasier means, at least to me and Pranav, and maybe Felix can give some insight about what he thinks about it. Um, for me personally, I actually started watching the show uh, in summer of 2019 when I had pneumonia. And I was just kind of scrolling through Netflix, um, you know, while I was in bed sick. And I just got hooked on the show, honestly. And by the time my pneumonia was over, by the end of the month, I'd finished all 11 seasons because I had nothing else to do but sit in bed and watch TV for a month, right? So the show's always been there for me for, you know, comfort during hard times, stressful times, and just whenever I need a laugh. Like, it's crazy to think how much a show can really impact your life when you truly do love it. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's my kind of issue with Frazier. Pranav, what about you? I know we talked about this when, you know, yeah. uh, I brought it up, like, when we were... Uh, when I when I had pneumonia, and I think you had watched it before me, correct? Yeah, I'd seen it before. Yeah. So, so yeah, Rohan probably already knows this, but the first time I ever saw a Frasier episode was actually when I was a lot younger, and my mom was actually watching an episode on TV. It was a later season episode, and I had, didn't really have any context, but it was really funny. It was the Greek wedding episode, and, you know, nice. I'd forgotten about it for a while. <laughs> and then one day when I was just scrolling through Netflix and looking for something to watch, I saw... I'm like, oh, I know this show. I remember that really funny episode. And the same way as Rohan, once I started, it was just so hard to stop watching it. I had gone through all 11 seasons in less than a month. It was so fast. And then, you know, whenever there's something where I don't know what, what to do and I'm bored and I just need something to watch that's just like a comfortable thing, Frasier is one of the shows that I always turn to. Exactly. And that's like the biggest thing that I've noticed with a lot of Frasier fans is like, it just seems a very comfortable show and it reminds people of like, good times, whatever you're going through in your life, I think the show kind of just brings yeah. comfort to a lot of the watchers. And I feel like it just has like a really nice feel good, like feeling to the show. You exactly never an episode that makes you feel unhappy at the end. It definitely has good vibes like the whole time. Exactly. Felix, what about you? I mean, I know that this is your first time actually watching the show, but I, you've heard us mention it many times. What was your kind of impression going into the show? Yeah, so this is this will be my first time watching Frasier. Uh, I've definitely heard of it. It's uh, quite a famous show, but I didn't know at first. I didn't realize how old it was. You know, when Pranav mentioned that, you know, his first time he ever watched it was when his mom was watching it. So that must have been a while ago. But with my first time watching it, you know, I only watched one episode. I'll probably go through these one one episodes one by one. But uh, I like it so far. You know, like you guys said, it does seem very comfortable. It seems something you can do when you're bored or just any time they're only episodes are only 20 minutes long you know you have time to squeeze in one and two so i'm looking forward to becoming a new fan right and that's the biggest thing like especially from this rewatch podcast i think one of our goals is like hoping that you like the show as much as me and pranav do and then you know hoping our audience and listeners get a little bit of our analysis with the show and hopefully have a good time listening because I've listened to multiple rewatch podcasts, both Frasier and, and The Office, and they've always been enjoyable to me, even though I've already seen the show. It's nice to see what other fans and how they think. 
So yeah, if there's nothing else for the intro, we can get right into the first episode. So season one, episode one is called The Good Son. And uh, uh, the title card for this, the first title card you see is obviously the Seattle skyline. I don't know if you guys noticed. And then the Space Needle is lit up on top. So Felix, every episode, like in the beginning, they'll have that same skyline, but something different will be in different in the animation. Like there'll be an elevator going up or there'll be Christmas lights around the Space Needle. Like there'll be different things. So it's just something we can keep an eye out on when we're first um, starting these episodes. So this show starts out with Frasier at KSEL, which, as you guys know, if you're listening to this podcast, is his radio show, his radio station um, is named KSEL. And he kind of discusses his move to Seattle. So there's a caller on the line and, you know, he tells the caller how he uprooted his life from Boston. His wife had left him, Lilith, and he wanted a new social life. I know that you guys like we've all moved for college, me to Arizona and D.C., you guys to Riverside in California. What do you, you know, like we've all moved in our lives and had different experiences with that. What are your kind of thoughts about this? Like, are you guys, when you first moved to another city, were you guys excited, nervous? What was the main thing going through your head at first? So, I mean, me and Felix moved to the same place, right? right. We both moved to Riverside for college, but Felix actually moved there first. So I actually think Felix has had the most Frasier-like experience. So what do you think, Felix? Uh, You know, just about moving like to a new place. You definitely feel like a lot of different feelings. Excitement is definitely one of them. Nervousness, for sure. Probably a little bit of fear in there. But sometimes, I guess it just feels uh, whether you think it's necessary or not. You know, is your, is your old home, you know, do you just feel, you know, not so happy over there? Do you need something to switch up your, to switch up something in your life? You know, moving to a new place will switch up everything from, you know, family to friends to, you know, play, any place you go to, maybe your job. Uh, I think moving, you know, it could change uh, a lot for the better. So I think this move is probably a, a good one. Right. And we're kind of like at that stage in our lives with, um, you know, getting jobs and stuff. So we might be on the move too. Right. Um, and so just continuing on towards the scene, Frazier advises the caller to move. Right. That's the that's the biggest thing. Um, and I think it, it's kind of reflecting on his life as well, because, you know, he is a radio psychiatrist and he has to give advice to these people. Um, and it's, I like how he's bringing his personal life and making it more, uh, what's the word, like relatable, right? Because yeah, we all like, we yeah, personable, exactly. Thank you. Um, and then we also see Roz, right? So Roz is, as you guys know, one of the other main characters. She is the producer of the show. What are you guys, I'll ask Pranav first because he knows, obviously, Roz. What are your first impressions about Roz here? Because we know that she's a very flirty person, very like kind of outgoing, but when you first see her in this scene, she's very reserved, very like, just seems to be professional doing her job. Yes, what did yeah. you think? Yeah. So that was my impression. The first scene of Roz is that she's like really competent on the radio because right before we first meet Roz is when, you know, as Frazier is giving like his heartfelt bit about moving to Seattle, the joke right after is that half of it is cut off because he doesn't know how the radio timing works. So you see him as like a newcomer to radio who doesn't know what he's doing. And meanwhile, Roz is there having to like babysit him along the way because she's like an expert in the field. And this is before we see any of like the flirtatiousness or like the multiple men and the relationships. Before any of that, Roz, I feel, is introduced as like a really professional, knowledgeable person. Yeah, yeah. F Felix, what about you? I mean, I know there's not much really in this scene with Roz, but did you, I know you said that you barely even noticed her in the scene. Um and she's not really in this episode much, to be honest, but any like quick first impressions, it's hard really in this scene, but. Yeah, 
as someone who uh, who doesn't know any of Roz's uh, personality later on, just from completely just from the first episode, you know, she seemed organized. She seemed like she knew what she was doing uh, with the radio show. Um, and also, but she also her personality wise, she seemed like she wasn't afraid to say uh, what she thinks, you know, with the or and also she, seemed like she had a good relationship with uh, Frazier, you know, making jokes, Definitely. Him, giving, him, giving him criticism pretty harshly, but maybe necessary. And that's the thing, like, she's very experienced in that because she's been producing shows for many years, as we find out later. But it's it's nice to see, like, kind of Frasier when, you know, this is his first day, or not his first day on the job, but our first day seeing him on the job. And you assume he's the boss, right? Because it's all about him. But clearly, he doesn't have <laughs> not much idea what's going yeah, on yeah. in the show. Um, I definitely feel like in the booth, Roz is the one with the power, so to say. Definitely. And like, you know, she's a, she's a straight shooter. She keeps it, you know, real with Frazier on like what he's doing well, what he's not. And it's cool that you get to see that from like the very first interaction. Right, right. And then we uh, cut to Cafe Nervosa, um, otherwise known as the cafe that Frazier, Niles, and most of the main characters meet regularly um, in the episodes. Any first impressions about just the cafe environment? I know that Felix um, probably won't know this, but it's a very common setting in a, in a Frasier episode. Um, but because the first couple seasons are kind of like older, I noticed like the camera quality was a lot worse for like, yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, when you see their faces, it's, it seems a little bit more grainy, but here I could really see like that kind of old fashioned vintage look with the scene. Um, but this is a environment which is going to become very iconic to Frasier um, where they have all their coffees, important conversations just a lot of funny moments so i just wanted to mention that as well if you guys have any thoughts but if not we can move on to the rest of the scene no i definitely think that at least in terms of like the dialogue i get what you're saying about the quality and the nervosa scenes do look worse early on in the season but i feel like especially between fraser and niles some of the best snappy dialogue that goes back and forth always happens at the cafe nervosa table when they're both like ordering their coffees and stuff I think those lines of dialogue, which may just be the two actors riffing, it's possible, are just, I feel like are always on like some of the top level humor in the show. Yeah, exactly. And Niles, played by uh, the actor David Hyde Crane, I'm sorry, David Hyde Pierce, sorry, right? Sorry, not David Hyde Crane, yes, David Hyde Pierce. <laughs> but he's a phenomenal actor. I think Niles is my favorite character in this show. But what are your first impressions on him in this scene? He's I noticed at least his voice sounded very like professional affected. I think the directors kind of didn't really know the direction they wanted to go with Niles in the first couple of episodes. He sounds a lot more like he's always very like uptight and snooty, but I could tell like his voice in this sounds even more like snobbish. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys have either of you have seen Cheers, which is almost like a prequel show. Yeah. I've seen a few episodes, like a few seasons actually. Yeah. Yeah. So on Cheers, Frasier is kind of like the snobby, the, uptight one of the whole group with Sam and them. To me, at least when Niles is first introduced, to me, he's the Frasier of Frasier in that he's the way Frasier was on Cheers the as the uptight snobby guy. That to me, that's what Niles is on Frasier, at least at the very, at least at the beginning. So when he's first introduced, that's like the first thing that came to mind. Interesting. Felix, what about you? I mean, just, just brutal first impressions because yeah. obviously you don't know his character fully, but Brutal first impression, um, honestly, seems a little bit selfish. Uh, didn't want to take in his dad, you know, tried to pass it on along to his brother, Frazier. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, the scene starts off with, you know, Niles talking about his 
wife Maris, um, who is a legend in her own self. We'll get to that, but he's just kind of an anecdote about her like prize medallions in the garden. And then Fraser seems to not really be listening. And then there's a brilliant line here, one of the first quick witty exchanges we have, where Fraser says, um, so now is like, Fraser, are you still listening to me? And then Fraser goes, No, you're a psychiatrist. You know how it is, is to listen to people prattle on and on about their mundane lives. And then Niles retorts back. And on that subject, I heard your show today. So just <laughs> this is just the start of like, you know, the brilliant back and forth that we love in Frasier between Niles and Frasier. Um, and it's just, it, it, I, when I first watched this, I was like, the very first 30 second scene that you see in the relationship is an automatic, like just very battling, the very competitive like that. It just this is the thing, the writing in this yeah. show is so phenomenal. Um, and I just it, love that. It, it is the writing is so tight and i think even this show is like such a, like a introduction to niles as like kind of the guy who keeps fraser's ego in check because fraser has like an extremely high opinion of himself and it's always niles who's like kind of bringing him back to earth a little bit you know especially with regards to his psychiatry and the radio show whenever fraser has like a moral dilemma it feels like it's almost always niles that he goes to yeah as a sort of moral compass and, you know, is there from the very beginning, right? When he goes, Golden Acres, we care so you don't have to, you know, <laughs> it's just a little bit of that, of that moral compass coming in right at the beginning. And like, I'm glad you brought up like the whole like psychiatrist, the radio psychiatrist thing, because throughout the show, Niles constantly criticizes Frazier for radio psychiatry, because as a psychiatrist himself, he believes that radio psychiatry isn't really a real profession in a way. And he said that it's pop psychiatry, like we get all this stuff. So like you can kind of see in the initial parts of this exchange and throughout the show, how Niles is somewhat jealous of Frazier's fame as a radio psychiatrist and then tries to yeah. bring him down saying that what he's doing isn't real psychiatry. At least early on in the show, deep inside, it feels that Niles definitely believes that he deserves the fame because he's a quote unquote real psychiatrist who mm -hmm. has like long form sessions and all that. And he, he thinks that Frazier is at least in a way like stealing the fame that should be his. And that's like an interesting dynamic between them early on. Right. And then one more thing before we move on from Niles, I don't, I'm, I don't know if you guys caught this. Um, he does the chair cleaning uh, before he, and this becomes very uh, <laughs> iconic towards Niles character. He's just a clean freak, very like snobby, fussy guy. And we're seeing that all in this 30 minute, 30 second, one minute exchange. What would you guys first think about when you first saw that i caught the cleaning the chair part uh it's actually pretty funny to me uh well first thing it reminded me yeah definitely a snobby thing to do ish or actually just i guess sanitizing uh <laughs> it definitely reminded me of a uh, covid <laughs> yeah covid yeah <laughs> where I mean, like yeah. people were cleaning things you know trying to make sure there's nothing no germs on there so <laughs> that's what it reminded me i of. agree covid turned us all into a bit of a niles for sure yeah <laughs> it was just it was just hilarious to see and it's just one of niles's quirks that we get accustomed to as the show goes along it is and i think the show does a really good job of kind of showing us these things instead of telling them there's no line about how like niles is a clean freak or anything like that they just kind of show us these things and we get to like build up the character's personality in our head instead of having it spelled out for us and that's one of my favorite parts of the show right and then we also hear about fraser's kid who lives in boston with his ex-wife lilith his name is Frederick. And the main thing I kind of got from this is that Frederick's kind of like his dad. He hates sports. He's into chess. He's very uptight and like just seems, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? Um, but that's just a quick little thing I want to bring up because it is the first time we hear 
Frederick's name being mentioned, and he is in not a lot of episodes, but a few very funny ones. So it's just something to look out for. Then we get the introduction of the dad, Martin, right? Um, Niall says that he was found on the bathroom floor by a friend and that he can't live by himself. Um, And they talk about whether they should bring Martin into one of their homes because clearly he can't live by himself and he needs help. Niles gives the excuse that he doesn't that uh, Martin doesn't get along with Maris, Niles' wife, um, and it's a very common theme with you know the Crane the Crane boys. They just don't seem to get along with their spouses or girlfriends, whatever it is, throughout the show. And this is just kind of like an interesting part about that. And then there's a brilliant line from Fraser: Maris is like the sun without warmth. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> it is just a hilarious line. Like this is just. I don't want to like I told Felix earlier, I don't I want to give him a few episodes to kind of for him to figure out this Maris character. I don't want to spoil that for him yet, but this is kind of an insight to who Maris is. <laughs> Maybe you can without spoiling it for Felix without Ed, spoiling. a couple episodes. Yeah. I agree. Maris is honestly maybe the most interesting character from the show. <laughs> like nothing about her makes any sense, but simultaneously it's just you know, it just seems like the sort of person that Niles would end up being around. That's just who he is, I guess. You think so? And I mean, like, he is snobby, but, like, she just seems like a dick, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but early on, you know, Niles is not the guy with who has the most self-respect or anything like that. Later, I guess. Fair, I fair. Because Felix will find out. Niles changes and becomes a completely different person. But yeah. early season one, Niles, this is you know, exactly the sort of thing that would happen to him. Just from one episode, you know, I didn't even see, Maris wasn't even in the first episode, but, but just from one wow. episode, you know, I learned that, you know, not a lot of people like her. So that's all I got going for me in first, first impressions. Yeah, yeah. And then we get the, the line that... Impression. <laughs> and then we get the line that Pranav mentioned from Niles, Golden Acres, we care so you don't have to. Um, great line. Great line. Again, the writing is just phenomenal in this show, but it kind of shows like how they're already reluctant to bring in Martin into their lives, even though he is their own father. It just seems like they don't get along, both of them with each other. And like living with Martin just seems kind of like um, a hassle for them. I, I'll ask you guys if, maybe like a funny question. Say your parents were in a situation where they need help and they need to like live with someone. What would I mean? I know we're super young and like we don't have our own homes yet and stuff, but like, what are your thoughts about if you were in Fraser's position? Would you do what he did? So, yeah, that's a tough decision. Uh, well, like, responsibility, <laughs> responsibility wise, like, it's definitely like you know, your responsibility to you know, help your parents, you know, take them in. You know, I would definitely be inclined to want to, but as well as there also would be some like you know parts where you wouldn't really want to you know it would be you know you know more inconvenient you know you'd have to take care of like you know so much in your life you'd have to take care of having another person to take care of you know when you haven't in a long time is you know not the easiest thing to do but should you i would say yes you should like what about you yeah i tend to agree with felix i actually think i would be very similar to fraser in the situation in that i wouldn't if it were up to me and strictly what i wanted living with my parents especially you know as I'm just building a new life for myself would not be what I wanted but I think the guilt would eventually win out and right. I do the right thing yeah I'll, I'll I'll join the club I'm like literally on the same vibe as you guys it would be a tough decision but like they are parents at the end of the day right and kind of like repaying what they did for us but it is a tough situation when you're yeah. a full-grown adult and we also have to consider that Fraser is has starting his own new chapter of his life right 
he's moving to Seattle. Like he's been in Boston all these years. So he has his own stuff to worry about too. But then we cut to the next scene, which is Fraser's apartment. Phenomenal scene, uh, phenomenal environment. And we will get accustomed to that, you know, quite often because he's the, the uh, apartment is basically in every episode. What are your guys' first impression on this apartment? This is a high-end apartment. I know we were talking about like yep. last week um, about, you know, someone we someone we were i was acquainted with at least who said that they bought an apartment in uh, san francisco for you know 2.5 million dollars three million dollars this in 1994 i think would be worth more than that like even with inflation and everything like this is a high-end apartment you get the seattle skyline you get the space needle across um in his balcony like that's that view itself has got to be worth millions so what were you guys first impression about the apartment itself I agree. The apartment is maybe like the most incredible location that you can have. It looks everything. The view is all amazing. But to me, the apartment is so Frasier, like everything in there, all his like furniture and stuff. Half of it looks like you would never even want to sit in it, but it's all super expensive. (laughs) It's the most uh, form over function place that has like ever existed, which to me is at least early on is exactly what Frasier is. So I think the change of that to when Martin comes in and how slowly the way the apartment changes is the way Frazier changes is a great transition for me. Yeah, definitely a very lavish apartment. Uh, You know, like like you said, a great view. But, you know, when Martin comes in, you know, you know, Frazier was telling him, oh, look, you can see the space needle. You know, he couldn't, Martin couldn't care more. Like he he lived there his whole life. He doesn't care at all. Exactly, exactly. Um, So then, yeah, we we see the apartment and then, the bell rings. Fraser gets up from the piano very reluctantly. Uh, the laugh track is going crazy here. I mean, like we can just tell he's just dreading the moment. Walks to the door, and then we get this very awkward exchange between Martin and Fraser, where <laughs> Fraser gives him a hug, but Martin does not hug him back. Uh, and I think Ugh. you know, like this. So let's just talk about first impressions about Martin, right? I think in these first few episodes, they made him a lot grouchier than he usually is throughout the rest of the show. Prom, do you agree? Yeah, Martin's character has an extremely significant like tonal like, shift as the yeah. show moves. Yeah, and like he is he, in the first episodes, he is he is you know he's like, like I a think real it, Grinch. It's too much, um, almost right. He's not likable early on. Yeah, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Well, I, you know, in just purely first impression, you know, he's very grouchy. But just from but from the first episode overall, I think you know we we definitely can see some positive things at the end. But we'll get there later on. Right. Um, and then, you know, Fraser says that he stocked up the fridge with Martin's favorite beer, Ballantine. So I did a little bit of research to see if this was actually a real beer. Um, and it it was a real beer. It was founded um, by the Ballantine and Sons Brewing Company in 1840. But I think it was discon- discontinued about like 40, uh, sorry, 30 years back. So it is a real beer, if anyone is wondering about that. Um, I'd like love cool. I'd love to try it if we can love to try one. Yeah, would yeah. Love, I would love to try one as well. It because it becomes a very um it's a staple of Martin because whenever throughout the show, you know, he's always sipping on a Valentine, basically. Um so Frazier kind of is and we move on, Frazier's kind of like trying to get Martin excited about the move. It just seems very like forced. Um, he discusses his furniture pieces pieces. Um, and then Martin makes the clever comment that nothing matches and Frazier calls the style eclectic, right? Uh, and then we get to the part about the infamous chair. So 
if you've watched Frazier, you know that this chair is another one of Martin's staples. Uh, the guy comes in, brings it in. It's a green. It's like a very gross color, like a pea green, it's like a yellow. Stripey. Yeah, like it's. It looks comfortable. I'm. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. It looks very comfortable, but. <laughs> uh, it it just, also looks like you'd find it in the dump. But <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Right, and then we we get the great we get the great line from uh, from Martin Niles where Martin's like, "Where's the T? Where, where where's the TV?" <laughs> and then and then I was like, "In that credenza." He's like, "Pointed at that thing," and it's just like. We're getting a little bit of uh, what's a picture of Martin's character, right? He just he loves watching sports on the TV. He just needs everything in a certain way, and I think that's the conflict between him and Fraser, especially at the beginning, because Fraser's place is full of these expensive items, like expensive furniture, and then we get Martin's ratty chair, which Fraser says it doesn't go with my apartment. And then Martin uses the line back at him. He throws the line back in his face. It's eclectic. I mean. Great line, great line. So, what do you guys like? I mean, Prav kind of already said about the chair, but Felix, what do you, what were your first impression about this? Because when I first saw the show, I was like, that can't be like a chair that someone bought. It just sounded like you found it on the side of the street. You know, it just looked like probably one of those chairs that he's been sitting on for a long time. Like probably like he's probably like very like you know used to it. Probably really likes it. Has like some it has some deep deeper meaning to to it for them. That's why he wanted it there, and. I guess that's why he had to bring it in. That's the only thing he really brought in too, which shows how exactly. important it was to him. Exactly. Well, he brought one more thing. Oh, what did he bring? He brought one more thing that Fraser really oh, hates. Oh, I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> we will. We we will get to that. We will get to that. But one last point from this scene, real quick. I don't know if you guys caught this, but Niles before he leaves, he says that he's going to his dysfunctional family seminar. <laughs> I don't know what that guy. is. I mean, it's just so basically he's a psychiatrist, right? So right. He, he helps like families, couples, people. So the irony is, is that he's going to his dysfunctional family seminar to help families, you know, get through right. some problem. But he himself is in a dysfunctional, <laughs> dysfunctional yeah. family. <laughs> and we he get should, some of these the like lines. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we get some of these lines like as the show goes along, which are pretty funny. And we'll, 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 in other episodes, I'm sure I'll point them out as well. So now we meet Eddie. <laughs> um, the scene, this scene is only maybe five to ten seconds long, but it is one of the funniest scenes in this episode. It cuts to Fraser Martin and Eddie the dog watching TV, and Eddie is just staring at Fraser. It's like a, <laughs> almost a dead stare. Um, and Fraser just looks very unhappy. Uh, <laughs> this is just, I mean, this is the one of like the thing I like I like about Fraser is like animals like this, they've they've trained them so well in the show that obviously they can't speak but these kind of actions and like just staring at Fraser, like it's just so well done that it makes it funny even without any dialogue it is eddie is like an almost human character like the training and the way he like follows like the directions on set are so good that you can like clearly understand like what the dog wants what he's doing even though he's just an animal who can't communicate i think especially this scene here where Fraser prior was complaining about being stared at. And then immediately the first interaction you see is Eddie just point blank, never wavering, just staring at him is really well done. Yeah, at first, uh, I didn't even know like who Eddie was. I thought it was a person. So when it cut to, you know, just a dog staring, I, you know, I thought that was a great scene to add, you know, just even though it was only five seconds long, you know, it's just a great, funny scene to add in. Exactly. And, and right before the scene, uh, Martin's, I think he says like, Oh, he's like, he's like, Niles, Niles tells uh, 
Martin, oh, did you tell him about Eddie? And Fraser's like, I, I hate Eddie. He's he's so weird. Like, he's, and then Martin's <laughs> like, he's my best friend. So like, I also thought it was like some like one of his, I don't maybe not his friend because that'd be kind of weird moving into your friend's son's apartment. But like, I was like, who is this? And then like, you get the the scene with Eddie staring at Fraser. So brilliant there. But but yeah. Um, and then we move on to Cafe Nervosa again. Um, Fraser uh, is talking to Niles. He's complaining that he hasn't had any of his own space. He needs time for himself. Like Martin has completely taken over the apartment. They start debating again whether to put him in a rest home. And then, <laughs> you know, like Fraser again begs Niles. He's like, uh, would you take him? Oh, and this, Niles like says, this exchange is great. Niles says, me and Maris want to help. And then Fraser goes, will you take him? And he says, oh, dear God, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's just, it's just like. No one wants this guy, bro. Like, I, I feel bad for Martin in a way. Like, yeah, he's grouchy and comes off really bad in this first episode, but like, they don't, his own sons don't even want him. Um, and then we finally, you know, get bring up the idea of a physical therapist slash like housekeeper, right? Now said that he and Maris would be willing to pay for one. And Fraser's like, these angels exist. And, and, you know, he's like, he's intrigued because like this, this takes off the burden of him, of Martin being his home a little bit at least. So it's a quick little scene. Then we cut to back to Fraser's apartment and Fraser and Martin are interviewing potential home care specialists. Um, and Martin seems to not like anyone, right? I just like, un- until Daphne, it seems like the interview process has been going on for a while and Martin has just shot down every single one. Enter Daphne, yeah, right? They all seem like really qualified people, right? Like um, the- I think they the only show like- interviewing right yeah. before Daphne has so many qualifications and Fraser like is in love with her and Martin is like having none of it yeah it seems at least to me when i watch that he's martin is doing it out of spite he knows that fraser likes these candidates so just to be in the way he's intentionally shooting all of them down that's a good point. and i think when daphne comes along he does the exact opposite because he knows fraser doesn't like her so immediately he's on board that's actually a great point i didn't even think of it like that <laughs> but here comes daphne right so before we even get into any of the dialogue like of her first impressions again because this is the first time we're seeing her i thought her accent in this you know she is from manchester as we find out she's british i thought her accent was a little too much in this again i still think the directors and producers are figuring out the characters the personalities of the characters themselves but i thought her accent was a little over the top and her voice sounded a little shrill to me like i don't think this is her normal voice as the season as the show goes along but that was just kind of my first impression felix what about you yeah, uh, the accent was definitely a little bit over the top. Uh, the voice, a little bit not not great to hear. But her first impression-wise, like, it just seems like, you know, she's all over the place. You know, she's a little bit, uh, we could say special, I guess. I, I would put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because the first, you know, the people before her, uh, the other potential uh, specialists, uh, you know, they were more polite, more normal, right? And I guess that's why Frazier liked them. But Martin wanted someone who was more out there, I guess. I, I agree with both of you guys. The yeah. The voice is grating at the beginning. It's very over the top for sure. But I think, you know, it kind of fits with what we see from Daphne early on in a way. She herself is kind of over the top. Like the very first interaction right. we have, she has with Frazier is like, you know, not what you would describe as a normal interaction where she goes, 
caught me with my hand in the cookie jar right? oh my so. god that a brilliant line but another great like the writing in this episode like especially this scene might be like the funniest scene and there's been a lot of funny scenes already you know he opens the door and she's got her hand down her bra and then she says caught me with my hand in the biscuit tin bro it's just like <laughs> biscuit tin. yeah biscuit tin right? an older language right there biscuit yeah tin. Haven't, no, no, haven't heard anyone say no, that. no no she's british though that's how they oh, talk in, in yeah right? see we Americans call it a cookie jar, but yeah. to them it's a biscuit. Biscuit tin. You know, so already the first impression of her is like this is a little whack. Like you meet someone for the first time for a job you're applying to, and this is how you're talking to your potential employer. It's just like <laughs> it's very funny. I agree. Yeah. I guess and I, I guess in this case, even though she's out. not, yeah. Even though Daphne, I feel like even though she's not psychic, I think even from like the very early scenes that she's very like observant. Like um early on, she can she notices that Martin kind of likes her and Fraser doesn't, and immediately she walks in, she compliments the chair, and she goes, you know, even though it's the ugliest thing in the room by a mile, she points at it and she goes, it's like I always say, start with a good piece and replace the rest when you can. <laughs> Such a great line, and you could just tell Fraser is like, he's mad. It's like a ridiculous thing to say. Like the the couch right next to it is like literally by Coco Chanel. But she understands that Martin is the one that she wants to appease and she immediately knows like what to say. See, I didn't really think of it that way. I genuinely thought that maybe she like with her like kind of weird personality out like kind of out there personality, she thinks that the chair is the best piece. I don't know. That's how I thought. Sorry. Could be. Well, it could be. Two interesting perspectives. You know, one <laughs> where like, you know, one where like we just think she's out there like that. Other one is thinking that, you know, she's actually smarter than we you know than we think. She is she's definitely smarter, but I I think Prav is Correct me if I'm wrong. You're saying like she has more of an ulterior motive to get the job. So she's trying to like kiss up to Martin. I don't yeah. really see it like that. I think she can see that Frazier from the first interaction is like not so great. Sure, and she sure. kind of is trying to appease Martin in a way, but I could be reading into it. Right, right. Anyways, we find out she's, she's from Manchester, only been in the US for a few months and that she's psychic. And she she makes her first prediction by telling Martin that he was a policeman, which is actually true, as we know, right? So, like, what do you guys, do you guys, I mean, we see throughout the show she has, like, bouts of psychic, uh, quote-unquote, abilities. But, I don't know, like, first impressions, I was like, how do you know this? I was a little bit shocked. I was maybe thinking she was actually is psychic. But, like, obviously, they don't say in the show whether she, they never say whether she actually is, right? So, what, what do you guys, what do you guys think about that in general? Do you, first of all, do you believe in someone, like, the ability to be psychic? No. <laughs> Okay. In the real world, no. But I could believe that in the show, within the world of the show, that Daphne is psychic. Because, not to spoil, but as we go ahead, she predicts some things that are seemingly not possible. There's, there's just no way it could have been done. But then she also does get things wrong. So I think it's cool how they leave it really ambiguous and like up to the watcher to decide how they feel about her abilities. Right, right. But, you know, you know Felix, you've never seen anything other than this one interaction. So what did you yep. think? Well, based on just the first episode, you know, obviously I don't believe that she's psychic. Um, I mean, she did get, you know, that the, the fact that Martin was a policeman, right? But maybe she just dug that information up. Like when you're, you know, look, look up your employer, you, you, you need some information. But, and then she got the second one wrong when she was guessing that Fraser's job, but Wait, what did she say he was? He was a florist? I think that's a really remember. funny bit because she looks at Fraser and she calls yeah. him a florist, yeah. which is, you know, but- <laughs> while Fraser is not a florist, is 
at least, you know, Martin and many other characters and view Frazier as kind of like an effeminate guy in a way, someone who is not traditionally very masculine. So even though she got the job itself wrong, she kind right. of nails Frazier's character with the guest, which I thought was very funny. I guess the question here would be, you know, is she actually psychic and just guessed it wrong on purpose? Or is it the other way around? I mean, that's up to the viewer, right? I mean, you could you could think of it either way. I, I, I honestly don't know, but it, I just think that the line is funny because like like Pranav said, Frazier generally is seen as very like, you know, he doesn't like sports or like a lot of man like quote unquote manly stuff. He's more into like arts, music, like the opera, as we find out. Like he just it's just like the occupation of a florist just seems not as manly. And we kind of like that's the funny bit with it, right? Um yeah. and then we also find out that she's her psychic um, abilities are strongest during her time of the month another great line <laughs> just total oversharing from Daphne here left and right it's just like not what you think of when you think of a job interview like this just <laughs> it's funny it's funny, um, funny it is it's a completely unnecessary thing to say it's very funny exactly and then seemingly very quick Martin ends up just giving her the job right in front of Fraser. um Frazier reluctantly agrees but does not want her to move in uh because like he doesn't want another person infringing on his space what would you like in this case you know you know your parent is your parent is at home would you guys be down for a live-in person or would you want someone who just comes around like a few times during the day because you're already having your space intruded quote unquote right but would this be more of a burden for you or like how would you guys react to this idea if you were in Fraser's position uh yeah i definitely do not want another person to move in after my parents do uh you know just two and two people in a space you know i like definitely have having more privacy having more space uh yeah i agree with fraser here does not i would not want someone to move in i agree and i think this is where fraser delivers his really funny burden line where he says <laughs> no you're twisting my words i meant burden in the most positive way and you know, I think he's right to an extent that it would be tough to, within a span of, you know, like a really short span, like less than a week, to have your single life be intruded upon by two people very quickly. It, it, it's very understandable why, to me why he's like reluctant to have her move in. Yeah, I understand that. Um, but at the same time, like if his whole agenda is that like he needs someone to help him with the burden, right? I guess this would help, but I'm kind of conflicted on it because, yes, I don't want another sp- person intruding on my space, but then you're going to have to deal with him all the time. And they already know he can't live alone. So what's he going to do when Fraser goes to work, right? That's another thing. And you can't yeah. be with him 24-7 like that puts a cramp on your social life. Like just you have other responsibilities in life. So I think having a live-in position would be a good thing in this case um it is so, it does seem like a practical solution it just it's understandable to me why he doesn't want to do it right <laughs> right uh and then you know Daphne leaves she's we you know we assume she gets the job basically and that it's going to be a live-in position and then we see Martin and Fraser starting basically their first real argument right we found out that Martin got shot in the hip. I don't think this was disclosed to us earlier. We know that he was hurt, but we never fully realized his full injury. Um, and, you know, we kind of find out more about it as the show goes along. But just the fact that he got shot and it, it must have been pretty recent, right? Martin's an old guy. So, like, when I first heard this, I was like, why is he still on, like, active duty when he's in his 60s, right? 
Right. And like that was confusing to me too. It definitely seems like he was like kicking down doors as like a senior citizen, which is and seems insane. Like, yeah, he's in his early 60s and like he's not like an old, old man, but like he is still like getting up there, right? And I'm that's why this scene confused me a little bit when I first watched it. Like, you know, like it just it just didn't seem plausible to me that Martin would get shot in like an active robbery, armed robbery situation. I don't know. Felix, what do you think when you first read this? Uh Honestly, I didn't really question the getting the shot part or even like... No, I didn't question it. Okay, I, I didn't question it, but I, I thought more of like, why is he in like active robbery situations as such an old cop? Because you don't really see that, right? Yeah, I guess. that's right. I don't know. I just didn't really think too much of it. You know, I just mainly thought about the argument itself. And like, I didn't expect, you know, uh, like emotion, you know, going into the show. I expected, you know, like more comedy based. But, you know, I found the argument to be actually, like, really emotional. Like, I actually felt, like, emotional over that, um, you know, looking at, look, watching them argue each other, you know, with, like, very, very hurtful words at some point. But right. that's what it is. I agree with Felix. I think even though the show kind of builds itself as a comedy, I think the emotional moments when they do come hit pretty hard. And, you know, they touch at, like, kind of uncomfortable topics in a way, which is, you know, it, I think it not only like amps like in, amps up our enjoyment of the comedy moments, but it also kind of makes the show as it's the show as a whole, like be more, have more staying power, I think in a way, like it's not just a bunch of jokes. There is something serious there also. Right. And that's like the good part about Frasier, right? Like it can make us laugh. It can make us cry. Like there's a, it's a very versatile show, but one thing I want to touch on is that I thought it was a pretty bold choice to have such an emotional moment in the very first episode, because you know, not everyone has watched Cheers, right? So you could alienate some of your viewers who could be like, you know, I'm I'm in this, sh- I'm 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 watching these kind of shows for laughs and like a good time. I don't really want to have all this emotional baggage, which can maybe possibly bring down my mood, right? That was something that I thought of, and it was kind of a bold choice by the producers and directors. But I'm glad they put this in the first episode because it does set the tone that you know there are very funny moments and you know witty interactions and stuff which can just make you burst out laughing. But you also get the other side where there is serious issues. There are some emotional problems between father and son. You get that kind of dynamic. So I thought that was pretty interesting and a bold choice by the directors and the writers of the show. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, uh, you know, I came in thinking, you know, it was going to be mostly comedy. But, you know, the emotional part in episode one, I actually really liked that, that scene that it was put in. You know, it made me feel that the show felt more real, like more relatable, felt more closer to real life other than just, you know, watching comedy, you know, just like straight up, just like seeing people only laughs. I like that there's more emotions to it than just laughter. Right, right. And we get that with like multiple episodes in the show for sure, like numerous ones. So getting into the argument, you know, we get the part where Fraser says the name of the episode. He says he's trying to be the good son, right? When you guys first heard this, I thought it was a little bit manipulative and like put like, a little bit trying to place guilt on Martin. Like, yes, I know. Understand Frazier wants to be closer with his father, but I do think he was kind of forced into this, like because Niles didn't want to take him in, he kind of had to. What did you think about this line? Is it a cheap shot by Frazier, or is it is it just like in the heat of the emotion, he's just expressing himself? Yeah, I think it's more in the heat of the argument, he just kind of right just comes out and says what he really feels. Like this is to him, he's clearly, he feels bad in some way about, you know, the what the relationship is at this point. And 
he is blatantly like trying to make amends for that. That's what it is. And instead of being like keeping up his facade of, oh no, I just want to spend time with you. He just comes out and says, you know, it's because I'm trying to like be a better son. And I don't know if it's manipulative, but it's definitely just him bursting out his like emotions in like the heat of the moment, in my opinion. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting phrase. Like the like the phrase the good son means like, you know, when he says it, he's like he t- he's t- when he's taking his father in, he's saying that he's a good son, which I don't know, to people to some people like it should just be his like responsibility to take his father in regardless. Like you don't need to be a good son to take your father in. You should just you're the right. <laughs> you're just the son. The son <laughs> you should take it in <laughs> regardless. And Loki is throwing that. But if we that. go back, a, yeah. But if we go back a bit in the episode when uh, Niles and Fraser are in Nervosa initially talking about what they're going to do about Martin, when Fraser finally does agree to take him in after you know the we care so you don't have to and all of that, I I believe that Niles ends the conversation. He goes, "You're a good son, Fraser," and I think that has been like sticking in his head a little bit, and he's yeah. like marinating upon that. Yeah. Oh, I was that a bad sense. son. I'm a good son, and it like finally comes out. Loki, it seems like not like a shot at Niles because I don't think Martin would want to live with Maris, right? Obviously, <laughs> um, but uh, it seems like he's—I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I was like, maybe it's—I I was kind of thinking maybe it's a subtle shot at Niles, like kind of throwing him under the bus, like I'm the good son, you're the one who didn't take in our dad, even though Niles has lived in Seattle for way much, way longer than Fraser has, right? We also got to think about that. Niles is—we don't obviously it's not fully said, but. It seems like Niles has been here for a while. He definitely did not just move like Frazier, right? So yeah, it is right. He doesn't call himself. He's not, he doesn't say, "I'm trying to be a good son." He specifically says, "The good son," which kind of implies, yeah. in a way, that the other son is like not the good son, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah, I think like yeah, it definitely is a shot at Niles, like the good son, like Pranav said. But I also do believe like it wasn't like completely intentional. Like I believe like the phrase like the good son was just in his head already. And then he just, you know, shouted it out. So I do believe it wasn't intentional, even though he probably does believe it. That's fair. That's fair. And then the argument ends with Frazier yelling at Martin that, you know, he's never, that Martin has never thanked him for anything, not a single thing during the the whole week that they've been there. And then it kind of just awkwardly ends with Martin walking away from the scene and it cuts out. So, you know, we end this scene with the argument being unresolved. Um, and just a lot of tension going into the final scene of the episode. Yeah, it was a good scene, though. Like the part, you know, where he yells at him that he's never thanked them. Uh, you know, Martin just, you know, there was like a for like a good 10 seconds or something. You know, Martin just stands there staring at him, you know, thinking about like, sh- I don't know what exactly he might have been thinking. But like, you know, he just probably was thinking like, you know, should I actually thank him? Like, what do I do? Like, can, can I actually say this out loud? And obviously we can see that Martin had a hard time, you know, actually voicing any comment out there. He just, you know, went silent and just walked away. Yeah, I feel Martin, because when we're watching the episode, we don't know what happens later. I feel in this specific interaction, Martin doesn't come off looking good. He seems yeah. a little bit unappreciative, kind of selfish. Like he doesn't realize that, you know, even though it is a, the responsible thing for his son to help his dad in the situation, it is also on the dad to, you know, express like some gratitude, right? And Martin, he never really does that. And at least in this one interaction, he definitely seems like he doesn't get it in a way. And at least to me, this is what kind of made Martin not so likable like early on in the show. 
That's fair. That's fair. Um, and I definitely think like, especially if it's your first time watching the show, like when I first watched it, I was thinking the same thing, um, you know, years ago, obviously, but you know, Felix also said that it comes off kind of like that. So I, I totally get that. And that's kind of what the directors wanted Martin to be in these first few episodes, I guess, but he does soften a little bit, um, which is good to see. So the final scene, um, we see Fraser running frantically into KCL seemingly late for his shift, right. For his radio show. And then we finally get to see a little bit of Roz's personality here. Um, during a commercial break, he tells Roz about the problem he's having with his dad, uh, how, you know, his space has been intruded and he just feels that his dad's not grateful for Frazier taking him in. And then we get the brilliant story about Lupe Velez. So I actually looked it up again. Lupe Velez is a real person. Wow. She was born in 1908 and died in 1944. So long before we were born, but I think it is a true story. Um, yeah, it is a true story. So just to summarize Roz's, Roz tells it really well, but just to summarize it, you know, her, she Luke was a movie star. Her career was down and she wanted to be remembered, right? As do a lot of people, especially in the Hollywood business. So how can she do this? She's depressed. How can I be remembered before I die? So she overdoses on pills and puts up all that, all the makeup on. Like she, when they find her, she wants to be remembered as a very like beautiful woman, beautiful movie star, um, and, you know, that's how she happens. But things don't turn out like that for Loopy because the last meal she had was enchiladas and apparently it didn't sit well with this um, with the pills. And she ends up throwing up in the toilet. And that's how they find her with her head in the toilet dead. So what do you guys think about the story overall? I mean, I just thought it was really funny. But before we get yeah. to the moral, just like the details, like anything about Roz saying it, what was your first opinions about this? I think the Loopy Bless story, especially, you know, right after like what Frazier asked her, like, how can I like do things with my dad? It's, just, it's a hilarious story because the moral is, you know, not really what Frazier wants to hear at all. It's the exact opposite. And the way she just calmly says it is very funny when she knows that, you know, this is not the kind of advice that he's looking for. And the story in itself is also the way she tells it is extremely funny. So random, too. Yeah, it's just, it's just out of nowhere. The story is out of nowhere. Like he asked about, for some advice. And she comes with a story. You like when you when you're probably listening to the story, you're like, where is she trying to go with this? Right. That's probably what he's thinking. Like, where is she going? Yeah, he with does this? say that too. He's like, What what's your point for telling me the story? Yeah. And then we get to the moral of the story. And hey, the connection between the story and the moral story, <laughs> or the connection between the story and the moral of the story, it's perfect if you ask me. Yeah. So the moral obviously is, you know, Ross says that even though things may not happen like we planned, they can work out anyways. And I think that's a really good moral because you know, life's not easy, right? There's always bumps in the road things are going to happen, which don't go your way. Like we've all gone through it. So it's, it's a good thing. Like, obviously the story is funny, but the moral is true. Like things can still work out, even though they don't go like we plan. And to be honest, most of the times they don't go like we plan. So I like the way Roz brought this funny story and kind of connected it with the actual good moral, which Fraser can use. Right. Yeah. I, yeah think I think, I think it's interesting to say that Lupi Velez achieved her goal. I mean, I guess <laughs> she did in the sense that she was remembered, but I, I think if you went back in time and asked her, I don't think this is the way she would want to be remembered, <laughs> which, which I think is, but she also wanted us like, to be remembered. Right. I mean, I get it, but, but like the point is that she wanted to be remembered and now no one's ever going to forget her. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That is not, true. Not the way she wanted to like pronounce it. You're correct. But, probably more remembered than she probably was going to be anyways and like look going back to the more of the story it's like even though things may not happen like we planned like most things don't happen like we planned i like that you know 
And a lot of things, even when they don't happen like they plan, some things don't work out, right? But you know, they didn't mention that in the Moda story. They just said things can work out anyways, which is like I like it's yeah. like more of a positive twist. Yeah, the Moda story adds a little bit more extra hope, you know, like to what is like a really it. like negative story. Yeah, it adds a little bit of hope to it, which I think is nice to a negative story, but it's nice. Uh, well, yeah, uh, that's definitely true. Um, so then Martin calls the radio station. So before we get into that scene with Martin, do you guys think that Roz knew that this was Fraser's dad, or did she just put whoever called first? I mean, there's no right answer, but I, I think she knew. I think she knows because he's definitely said my dad Martin probably a couple times, and then you know I think when the callers call in, they you know that, that's how Roz knows what to describe them as. She goes, yeah. "This is Martin. He's having an issue with his son," and she probably put two and two together. Yeah, yeah. Because we've true. seen throughout the show later on that Roz definitely does send in very specific calls at very specific times on purpose. <laughs> so it seems likely that this was one of those situations. Right, right. So Martin calls the radio station, you know, the start of a very touching scene. He actually sounds very genuine in this. He says that he's worried that his son doesn't realize how much he appreciates him. Um, and then, you know, just kind of goes on with that, mostly just about like how thankful he is that Frazier brought him in, but in a very minimalist way, because that's just Martin's character, right? He's not a guy who opens up a lot. He doesn't really want to expand, especially not on public radio. But to Fraser, I think it just means a lot that Martin even called the show, listened and made this call over the air, right? And just, I think it's a very positive interaction and a great end to that, end to basically end to the episode. Um, but yeah, what do, what do you guys think about this? I definitely thought it was interesting. And I think it says a lot about Martin's character that the same sentence he was kind of unwilling to say to Frazier when he goes, I'm worried my son doesn't appreciate what he's doesn't know that I appreciate what he's done for me. That exact sentence, he's willing to say it on a radio show in front of, you know, hundreds or maybe thousands of people, but he can't say it to Frazier himself directly, who's just one person. I think it's yeah. a very interesting look on like Martin's character as like how he relates to his sons and his like role as a dad. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I didn't think of it like that. Um this is probably my favorite scene in episode one. Uh, the fact, you know, that, you know, Martin, you know, we didn't really like him in, in, in the beginning of the episode. You know, he's a bit grouchy, but, you know, he comes in here, he calls him, you know, he thanks him, that which he couldn't do. And while it may be like a roundabout way, it was still direct, you know, through the radio. And it just shows, you know, how like he actually, you know, cares, you know, he actually does like, you know, have gratitude towards his son. You know, it's, it's not hard. It's not, it's not easy to say these things, you know. Uh, sometimes you know to actually you know have gratitude for someone and like you know we know that he had a hard time doing it and especially like you know there's this notion out there you know where fathers sometimes have like a hard time communicating well with their uh with, with their right that, but, that's actually a good point yeah but martin seems to buy into that a lot even in the call he says you know i'm a father fathers don't talk to their sons like that yeah yeah, yeah. but he got it out which i really respect him like i really respect that he could he he he, he thanked them you know it really saved you know it really saved the relationship, I think, in my opinion. That's a good point. And I think, it's, yeah, yeah, it, it bridges like that connection between Fraser and Martin well in the end of this first episode. And it doesn't leave like a sour taste in the viewer's um, mouth because say that they, the episode just ended with an argument, you know, people might be off put by Martin, just think he's an asshole. Like at least with this kind of like ending, you get some, what of a resolution, even though, you know, there's going to be so many episodes where they have conflict at least this is a start, right? And that's what I appreciate about that. And then, you know, 
Martin obviously still has to have his, you know, retort, do some kind of retort. And he says, yeah. hear what I said, Dr. Crane? I said, thank you. And it's just, it's, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You it's get just, a little bit of comedy there. You have like, you, you, you know, do know it's, 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 it's classic like, Martin. He can never not have the last word. Also, it's just, it's just a classic, like having a serious moment and then ending it with like a joke, you know, you got to add some comedy to like lighten up the mood. It's just, it's exactly. just a great, it's just a great thing to say. And I expect it out of Martin as well. Exactly. Exactly. And Fader seems pretty satisfied by the call, but then we get one last call before the episode ends. Claire um, calls and Pranav, you said, you know, who the voice of Claire is. Wait, yeah, so before, I, I was going to, I, I was going to run it as a little trivia for you guys. So. I, I don't I, I don't know it, but like I you already I'm ready, you know. Like, I do know, yeah. So is as an interesting tidbit, it is the person who voices Claire in this call is Linda Hamilton, who famously plays Sarah Connor in Terminator One and Terminator Two. Okay. Obviously very famous movies. Right. And, and and I believe she was in the newest Terminator Dark Fate, which not so great, but still. Okay. And then like I know listeners may not know or may know that. A lot of the callers who call into Fraser's radio station, the actors are pretty famous actors, not just like random people off the street. Usually it'll be someone who's had like a cameo in a big movie, maybe even a cameo in a Fraser episode. So that's just something to look out for. I myself am not that personally knowledgeable about, you know, actor, actors, actresses, voices, but I know Prav is me and Felix are kind of like on the other end of the spectrum, but it's still interesting to hear that. And we'll keep an eye on it with, you know, the callers as the episode goes along. Um, but Claire calls mourning the loss of her breakup, right? And then Fraser kind of says the same line that about Lupi Velez. And you know, you know, I just I just went through a breakup. It was great to hear this, bro. Like I it's <laughs> things things have a way of working out even when they don't go as planned, you know. Like you will eventually get over it, yeah. time heals. So I like how Fraser immediately took that lesson from Roz and from Martin again. Like he there's kind of a resolution in this case with Fraser, right? Like he the whole irony about Frazier as a show is that yes he's a radio psychiatrist he's trained to help other people with their problems but he himself has so many problems in his own life that he can't seem to figure out and that's the whole like irony with the entire show but I just kind of like this ending where he immediately uses that advice with Claire and you know he ends with Claire have you heard of Lupi Velez it's just a great like ending to that episode Um, and it looks at Roz (laughs) you know the way he immediately steals Roz's anecdote is very funny Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it seems to happen a lot, like, or not a lot, but I expect this to happen, like, a lot, you know, in the later episodes where, you know, you take, some, like, you take something from earlier, like a joke from earlier, and then you throw it back right at them. And you just take, you just throw it back right back <laughs> yeah. at them. That's, that's what he said to, to Roz. Exactly, exactly. And that's actually pretty good uh, foreshadowing, Felix. Like, for someone who hasn't watched the show, that does happen a decent amount of time, I would say. Would you probably agree? Like, yeah, it's it's a common thing that they go to, and it works a lot of the time, especially when the two times they use a joke are in like different contexts, yeah. and it's funny for like different reasons both times. I think it works really well. Right, and then we get the credit scene. Um, just another. So again, there are these credit scenes that at the end of every episode, and they'll just be like kind of a scene with the bat with the theme song and no talking, but it'll be something pretty funny at the end. So this scene is all uh, three of them. Frazier, Martin, and Daphne all watching TV. And then we have Eddie still staring at Frazier. <laughs> um, it's just a great way to end the episode. But yeah, that was season one, episode one, The Good Son. I don't know, like, we're still, we're still kind of planning out what kind of segments we can add to the podcast, like, you know, trivia or like ratings. But like, 
we're still playing around with that. So we'll figure that out as we go along. But like maybe for the first one, what do you what would you guys rate this episode as a season one episode, as a pilot episode out of 10? Like probably and I, I mean, you know, like all these kind of shows, um, they have these pilot episodes. So this show, this episode was crucial to whether Frasier would be, you know, continued on as a show because sometimes pilot episodes are bad. They just cut the production. They cut the budget, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, pilot episodes fail constantly. And um, I would say for a pilot, it does a good job. There are definitely some, you know, kinks that they work out later as the show goes on. And some of the characters are different from what they end up being as they like refine the characters to be more likable or fit the show's narrative better. I would give it as if you compare it to other Frasier episodes and not just as a pilot, I would I think it's a really good pilot, but if you think of it as just a regular episode, I'd give it like a seven. Okay. Felix, what oh. about you? I mean, just for your first time even seeing the show. Yeah. And did this, did, this, did this entice you to continue watching? Right. You know, that's what's important about the first episode. You know, it's like, does it entice the new viewer to keep watching? And, you know, in my opinion, I think it was a really good episode. I really enjoyed the episode. You know, I only this is the only episode I watched, but I really enjoyed it. And I definitely want to watch the later episodes. You know, just a lot of jokes, you know, just honestly just come back city at this point and just you know they take a lot of a lot of the jokes are just taking you know the lines literally i think you know it's just a really good you know good first episode i'd give it like a nine out of ten honestly but that's like without, nice. knowing, the, without knowing the later episodes but just you know just in general I, from for a first episode i give it nine out of ten yeah i'll go in the middle of you two i mean like as someone who's watched it many times like I, i'm gonna give this an eight because it is a good episode uh for a pilot for sure but i definitely agree with Pranav. like there are better episodes and the main thing is like with these first few is that we have to remember that the producers and directors are still refining the characters um of the show right and the actors are still kind of learning how to play them so that's something to keep an eye out for but well i mean one more thing i'll ask is like what was your guys's favorite scene from the first episode take a second if you need to i'll, I'll i can start. i would say I, yeah, you're probably yeah you go ahead what's yours okay okay i'll go ahead i think mine is the Daphne scene because though her <laughs> accent is very overdone and kind of high strung in this but she just has a lot of brilliant lines I think she delivers them well even with the accent um, and I think it just kind of this is like the climax of the episode because this is when we find out that she's moving in right um, and we kind of get a little bit taste of her outlandish character to say and I think she's like Niles and Frazier have great lines but she kind of steals the show for me in this one, even though her scene was pretty short, honestly. It is. I, and the Daphne scene is definitely a big standout moment. I would say my favorite part is probably the Lupi Velez story. I just think the starting from <laughs> Frasier rushing into the office, into that random story, it's just hilarious to me. And the way it ties together the, the, the resolution to the Frasier-Martin argument, at least for the episode, I think is really nice. Yeah, those are both great scenes, but... I already mentioned earlier, but my favorite scene uh, is still the Martin calling Frazier on the radio scene, um, you know, because, you know, the scene before that, you know, we ended up with their, with their emotional argument and they, there was no resolution to that, you know, it ended with a lot of tension and I really felt that. And then the fact that, you know, in the next scene, you know, he was able to apologize, you know, very hard to do, uh, you know, thanked him, gave him gratitude and, you know, ended off like pretty well. I really love that scene. Nice, nice. Yeah, definitely. Can't go wrong with that. The redemption for Martin's character yeah, is big redemption. on that scene. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, that that that's gonna be it for episode one, season one, The Good Son. 
Hope you guys continue to listen with us. Again, this is live from KSEL. Hopefully we'll have this episode up within a couple of days. We're still figuring out some technical stuff with, you know, uploading it to Apple and Spotify, but we should be able to figure that out soon. Um, next episode is Space Quest, episode two of season one, where, uh, you know, Fraser is still on his quest to find solitude and space away from Martin and Daphne. And this is kind of where we first learn about, um, you know, how he is, how he is, how he's adjusting to living with them and how they're adjusting to living with them. So I think it's a great episode as well. I'm excited to review that one, but thanks guys for, you know, starting this. I'm very excited to see where this goes. Um, the next few months, few years, whatever it is, but I've, I think we did pretty good for the first episode, to be honest. I'm definitely looking forward to the next one for sure. Looking yes, forward sir. to watching episode two, you know, looking forward to seeing you guys in the next podcast as well. Yes, sir. This is live from KSEL. I'm Rohan signing off with Felix and Tanav. Peace.